Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you, including guests uh, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. Always look forward to her comments on the show. It is July the 19th, and on this day in 1799, or within a couple of days anyhow, there's some debate about the, uh, the exact date. During Napoleon's Bonaparte's Egyptian campaign, a French soldier discovered a black basalt uh, slab uh, inscribed with ancient writing near the town of Rosetta, about 35 miles east of Alexandria. The irregularly shaped stone contained fragments of passages written in three different scripts, Greek, Egyptian hieroglyphics, and Egyptian demotic. The ancient Greek on the Rosetta Stone told archaeologists that it was inscribed by priests honoring the gift of Egypt, uh, Ptolemy V, in the 2nd century BC. More startlingly, the Greek passage announced the three scripts were all of identical meaning. The artifact thus held the key to solving the riddle of hieroglyphics, a language written uh, that had been dead for nearly 2,000 years. Napoleon, an emperor uh, known for his enlightened view of education, art, and culture, invaded Egypt in 1798. He took along a group of scholars and told them to seize all important cultural artifacts for France. Uh, Pierre Bouchard, Bouchard, one of Napoleon's soldiers, was aware of this order when he found the uh, stone, which was almost four feet long and two and a half feet, feet wide, at the fort near Rosetta. When the British defeated Napoleon in 1801, they took possession of the Rosetta Stone. Several scholars, including Englishman Thomas Young, made progress with the initial hieroglyphics analysis of the stone. French Egyptologist Jean-Francois Comcolian, who had uh, taught himself ancient languages, ultimately cracked the code and deciphered the hieroglyphics using his knowledge of Greek as a guide. The hieroglyphics used pictures to represent objects, sound in groups of uh, sounds, once the Rosetta Stone uh, inscriptions were translated, the language and culture of ancient Egypt was suddenly open to scientists as never before. Today, the Rosetta Stone is housed in the museum, British Museum in London, despite repeated calls for it to be returned to Egypt. A lot of artifacts in uh, the London Museum that are called to be returned to various parts of the world. Nevertheless, that is 1799. The Rosetta Stone didn't realize it was that ancient well, oil prices surged to more than $100 a barrel on Monday after the President Joe Biden left Saudi Arabia over the weekend, failing to secure a commitment on the kingdom to boost output. That's the response of the markets. Early Monday, Brent, Brent crude jumped by nearly 2.5% to around 150 per barrel. Wax Texas Intermediate, the primary U.S. producing benchmark, also jumped almost 2% to more than $99 a barrel. The idea of OPEC plus uh, boosting oil supply was, wasn't even presented during the weekend meeting between Biden and the Arab leaders, according to comments by Saudi Foreign Minister Prince Faisal bin uh, Faran. 
Uh, Biden refuted the claims, but Monday, prices surged tells a different story. Biden's inability to convince uh, Saudi Arabia to produce more oil has resulted in another surge in the midst of a uh, pricing surge in the midst of the energy crisis. Traders got one clear message from Biden's recent visit to Saudi Arabia, during which President Biden spoke to a number of Arab leaders, market analysis uh, from The Guardian said, or told The Guardian. The median, it, <clears throat> the message is that OPEC Plus, that makes oil supply decision and the cartel isn't remotely interested in what Biden is trying to achieve, Alsom said. Uh, OPEC Plus will continue to com uh, control oil supply, and one country alone cannot determine the oil supply. At least that's the message the traders have taken from Biden's visit to Saudi Arabia. Biden claimed uh, Friday that the kingdom shared his urgency to boost supply. He said that he expects the Saudis to, to, take, to move forward on a shared goal. Here's what he said. The Saudis share this urgency, and based on our discussions today, I expect we'll see further steps in the coming weeks, he said. However, a Saudi's official said that any decision on boosting output would have to occur within the framework of OPEC+, plus, the syndicate of petroleum-producing nations who hold its next meeting on August the 3rd. According to the report, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that the administration does not expect any concrete decision to increase production in the coming weeks. So uh, why did he go to Saudi Arabia? If he couldn't get the, the oil prices uh, reduced, couldn't get more oil pumped, perhaps he's going to have to start pr pumping oil right here in the United States of America, which is he could easily do if he simply loosened up regulations, gave a signal to oil companies that their investments would be uh, be honored and uh, make this a more comfortable place to produce, we would have our oil so problem solved probably in a matter of weeks, in my opinion. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci revealed after about five decades in the federal government, he's planning on leaving his position by the end of President Joe Biden's current term. We're in a pattern now. If somebody says, you leave when we don't want have COVID anymore, then I'll be 105, he said. That's a lot. Uh, his attempt at humor. I think we're going to live, be living with this, Fauci said. He's 81 years of age. He told Political in, Politico in an interview published on July the 18th that he plans to retire by the end of Biden's term, which ends in January 2025. I just encourage you to read uh, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s uh, book, The Real Anthony Fauci, so well documented and footnoted. And it really tells the truth about this guy. He's a real scoundrel, in my opinion. And certainly should not still be employed by the federal government, uh, the real Anthony Fauci. Of course, he, I think he realizes, too, he's, uh, his, his uh, doings are going to come under question uh, when the Democrats uh, fall out of power in, in the legislature. You will see uh, certainly a trial or a, a hearing about Anthony Fauci and his misdeeds, in my opinion. Well, California's Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District is set to vote on, guess what, placing a Planned Parenthood clinic on a high school campus in the district. I'm not kidding. The vote about operating a Planned Parenthood at John Glenn High School in Norwalk is uh, scheduled to take place on Monday evening, according to the proposal. The clinic will not be notifying parents about any students that they provide services to. It's just unbelievable. Provider and district knowledge that under California law, minors have the right to consent to reproductive health services without parental consent or notification, the proposal states. Um, 
Provider uh, will encourage students to involve their families in decision-making regarding the services appropriate. Providers will obtain informed consent from students for the services in accordance with the applicable law. Can you believe that? The proposal also states that the clinic will be able to provide prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals related to reproductive health, including contraceptives and antibiotics, and insert non-surgical, long-acting, reversible contraceptives, including and without limitations IUDs. If the proposal passes, Planned Parenthood will be able to operate in the school for five years and will then go to a vote every five years after that. Family and taxpayers should be horrified that Norwalk La Mirada USD is considering a partnership with Planned Parenthood. Nicole Neely, the president of the founder of the Plans, uh, Parents Defending Education, uh, the st- uh, fact that the uh, uh, contract uh, specifically notes that under California law, minors have a right to consent to reproductive health services without parental consent or notification is appalling in and of itself and is a, the list of services that will be offered to children from STD treatment to IUDs to referrals of other health centers operated by a provider for services not offered at the schools. It's unbelievable. Other Planned Parenthood clinics do provide gender-affirming hormone therapy, so there is a real possibility students will be offered off-campus to refer, to receive this treatment, again, with zero parental notification, she continued. To add insult to injury, there is no way for parents to ever obtain the information as the contract asserts that all medical records, records, records are to be maintained by Planned Parenthood. Neither district staff nor students' parents or guardians may access students' medical records maintained by the provider. Wow. They explained that uh, the effort is seeking to remove parental rights and decision-making regarding health of their children. For over 100 years, federal courts have consistently found that parents and not schools maintain primary decision authority over their children, particularly when it comes to medical care, she continued. The Norwalk La Mirada School Board should be ashamed that this contract is even up for consideration and be mindful of their significant legal exposure should it be ratified. There's also a reported that in 2019, the Los Angeles chapter announced it was opening 50 new clinics in area high schools to provide health care services, education, parental parent resources, and support to students on campus. The initial three-year contract reportedly cost Los Angeles County taxpayers $10 million. It's just incredible how that uh, trying to exclude parents from the entire process here is Somehow, some way, this could go before a school board for a vote is unconscionable, in my opinion. Well, only 28% of Americans have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in public education system, according to a recently released Gallup poll. The sharp decline marks the second lowest all-time record for public education confidence in America, 26% in 2014. 28% down from 41% in 2020 also shows a slight decline from the 29% in 2019. The partisan divide on the question, however, is stark and reveals a fundamental disagreement among Americans as to the worth of the system. While Democrats' clock is uh, having a great deal of quite a lot of confidence in the system at 43%, a drop from 48% in 2020, Republican support plummeted from 34% to 14% in the same time frame. Independents dropped 9 points to 29%. Gallup rewards this partisan divide as massive in history as it's polling the questions started, starting in 1973 that over time saw an average of 9% difference 
In 2021, there were 23% divide, but the highest divide prior to the pandemic and the revelation of nefarious indoctrination tactics used by schools against American children was 13% in 2013. Uh, something Gallup contributes to the disagreements over common core education standards. The poll also shows half of Republicans having little or no faith in the public education system, a 19-point increase from 2019. So in other words, Republicans are thinking less and less positive thoughts about what's happening in public education. So uh, there's a divide there, clearly, between Democrats and Republicans, but Right now, we're just very pleased that we see Florida moving in the direction of school choice more and more. It would be great to the point if we get to the point where we could actually have the money, follow the child in public education, and allow parents to decide how and where children should be educated, their children specifically. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com and give them a call. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. To find out more, you can visit lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, and among other things, they create policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work, and that's just part of the mission. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I understand you're in Tallahassee this week. I am. I am. Uh, you know, right now we're we're in the uh, the election season. Fortunately, I'm unopposed, and so I can focus now on my my job that's coming up in November, which is chairing the, the Florida Senate. And um, so I, you know, I have to create a staff and chief of staff, and so I'm up in Tallahassee meeting with potential staff and and uh, I do have a chief and we also starting to look at legislation I ha- had a meeting a really good meeting yesterday with the governor about things that I would like to accomplish during my tenure and uh, so I would just want to hit the ground running in November that sounds so exciting you must be very excited about this this is all a new experience for you isn't it <laughs> it certainly is it certainly is uh, it's it's daunting but you know I have a really good uh, Senate my colleagues that uh, you know I'm going to be serving with are just very committed, dedicated individuals. We have some new people coming in who uh, several have never been elected before, so that'll be interesting. We've got some House members that are running for the Senate because of term limits, and you know I, I uh, we're going to have I, I predict a Republican majority, which will be helpful with our agenda and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to working with everybody. Oh, that's uh, terrific, uh, Kathleen. Can you uh, speak at all about uh, your conversation with the governor? Are you, are you all seeing eye to eye in terms of what should happen in the uh, coming session? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, this is a learning experience for me. I, I ha- you know, he can only um, actually work with one presiding officer at a time. So he had a very good working relationship with President Simpson and uh, Speaker Sprouls, and, you know, as we turn things over, Speaker Renner, uh, from uh, he's from Jacksonville, will be the Speaker of the House, and he's an ex-military, really good uh, guy, great character, man of integrity, and I believe that um, the governor, the Speaker, and I will have a very good working relationship and, and accomplish some really good things. Um, I shared with the governor my, my vision of uh, some of the things that I want to do, uh, particularly the biggest issue facing the state of Florida right now is uh, attainable housing for our workers. And um, he agreed. And so, you know, I've already started looking at, I think, creative solutions. And uh, the speaker is on board with that, the incoming speaker is on board with that. And so that's one of the things I'm working on. And I, you know, I'm, as I said to the governor, for 43 years I've lived in Naples and we, we keep kicking the can down the road. We have one meeting after the other. We do um, workshops. We do uh, studies. It's time to stop the studies and the workshops and actually, you know, roll up our sleeves and, and do something. Um, and, and, I'm, and the thing is, and the most important thing to realize is we're talking about uh, people who should be able to afford themselves safe, attainable housing. Yep. That's not, you know, government subsidizing but, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do 
to to help our our um, employees around the state um, to, to be able to afford to live here in Florida. Well, that's a very noble goal. I must say, I, I would suspect the reason why the can's been kicked down the road a lot is because it, it kind of infringes on the private market and, you know, how decisions are made with regard to pricing. So, I mean, uh, that's a really uh, slippery slope that you're on there. But, I mean, I, I'm sure you'll be creative and figure it out. Uh, can you share with us a couple of ideas that you think might be helpful? Well, first of all, the number one um, uh, tenant I have is that it is – it's not we cannot as a government tell private individuals who own private property how much they can charge to rent or how much they can charge to sell their property that that's a non-starter for me great you, know, if you buy an investment property and you rent it you can, if you want it, you can get market rate go for it however if we are doing programs that are using uh, taxpayer funded projects for example as you know uh, every time you sell property, money uh, from the documentary stamp tax goes into a trust fund for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. That's something that we all agreed on. It's not your private money. It's, well, I guess it, it's taxpayer money. Those are the kind of dollars that we could help incentivize um, developers to work with us in a partnership on, on how to create uh, workforce housing that also takes into consideration mixed incomes and middle class. Uh, you know, everybody thinks that affordable housing is indigents who have no jobs. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like the program we just passed, <coughs> excuse me, for hometown heroes. Yeah. You have law enforcement, nurses, teachers uh, that they're making um, a decent wage, but they can't afford to live in places like Naples, Miami, Sarasota, Fort Lauderdale, along the coast. So we want to work with developers to come up with programs to help them, you know, yeah. to, to find a place to live near where they work. Well, and, uh, you know, being able to live where they work, I think that's so important is, uh, you know, the the whole issue of ownership also comes into play here. Are you looking to provide housing that people can afford in terms of buying or in terms of renting? Any thoughts? Well, the, the, the real problem, the challenge with down payment assistance is there are certain places in the state where it's not even feasible. For example, the medium home price in Miami is of six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So um, most people cannot afford to buy a house, even with assistance, because you still have to make payments. Right. And you still have to pay ta- uh, taxes. You still have to pay insurance. So, so we're going to have to be more um, realistic about home ownership in certain areas. Um, uh, we're we're going to have to um, have people appreciate and understand that they can rent. And that your house doesn't necessarily have to be your, your only uh, retirement asset. There's there's a lot involved. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some of the ideas that we talked about were uh, commercial properties along transportation corridors like US-1 and uh, 41. Uh, you know, all those strip centers that are all gone out of business because, uh, you know, everybody's buying online. They may be ideal for... Uh, rehabbing into uh, rental apartments with mixed income so that, you know, you could have some people that are, uh, you know, in the, sort of in the affordable range and then others um, in the middle range, mm-hmm. um, mixed income. Nobody knows who, who who's paying what. Um, 
So you get away from the concept of a blight or, or crime ridden because you could have a, a law enforcement officer living next door to a maintenance worker. Yeah. You know, uh, I think these the, kind of things. So we just have to be creative. That's, I, I, and that's I, where, where I'm going, going I, with. I, I, like mean, the, I like the line of your thinking. I think that's terrific. I mean, I think there are opportunities. It would be great if... Uh, it's a complicated problem, but it would be great if that you could right. uh, coalesce around some ideas and, and really come up with something that doesn't infringe on uh, private property and free markets. So. Exactly. And, 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 and that's a non-starter for me to do that. And I've told that to all the, the nonprofits that are involved in housing issues. You cannot impose your will on private individuals who use their own money. Yeah. We, we, that's a non-starter. Fabulous. Well, Kathy, I really appreciate this conversation, and thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton, so we'll find out what's new with Boo right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, Medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com, or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob. And I have to say that last night I was watching this um, special 
on uh, this new rocket that they sent out to space. And it's going so far out that we can never repair it. We can never fix it. And it's, it's basically never coming back. And it's going out with the express purpose of seeing if there are other, if there's life on other planets. Mm -hmm. And so it just got me to thinking about it. And NASA says that once every 100,000, no, 10,000 years, a huge asteroid will smash into our planet. And that's what happened, I guess, with dinosaurs. It threw all this uh, bad dust, thick dust, uh, into the atmosphere and, and starved, you know, human and animal life. Well, there weren't humans back then, but animal life. So listen to this. On September 22nd of this year, hmm. uh, well, in the month of September, they are launching a double asteroid redirection test. Wow. It will be the first mission to demonstrate a technology called, now listen to this, asteroid deflection by kinetic impactor. Wow. That is, you didn't know that. No, I certainly didn't. Well, what, what excites me is this new uh, telescope or the new uh, that has been sent out to outer space and can now start to look billions of miles, light years away, uh, uh, more than the current one that we have up in space. And the, some of the pictures that are coming back are just, uh, it, you know, there's so much to explore in outer space, so much that we don't know. And to kind of take that for granted, you know, in fact, I think under uh, President Obama, we literally stopped the, the uh, space program. And uh, it's great to see it kind of rekindle. And it's also was kind of interesting to see how the private sector is taking on the task as opposed to the government. Right. This was, it's called the James Webb Space Telescope. And it's looking for um, chemical signs of life in the atmosphere yeah. of distant planets outside our solar system. Now, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? And looking back to billions of years, I don't exactly know how this works, but apparently uh, you can look back in time. Isn't that extraordinary? I know. I, I don't understand how all of that works. But you think, well, okay, what are we getting any direct benefit from space exploration? And these are some of the inventions that were spawned by the space program. One is uh, CAT scans, LED lights. Huh. Memory foam, of course, we all know about freeze-dyed food. Uh, the shock-absorbing material used in artificial limbs. The computer mouse, hmm. portable computers, and the key nutritional ingredient in baby formula. All that came from the space program. No kidding. Bet you didn't know that. No, I certainly didn't. Well, I, I know that a lot of good things have come from it. In fact, we have a regular guest on the show on Friday mornings, uh, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He literally creates, uh, helps to create uh, special uh, let's, let's, uh, spaces that are safe for extreme heat and so forth. That was That's kind of, and he runs the graduate program there. But during his... Uh, he wrote a book, he co-authored a book with Buzz Aldrin about uh, his experience with his space. He's really quite an accomplished guy. And uh, so it's been very exciting for me to kind of stay in touch with the entire program uh, through his uh, messaging and through his articles. 
Well, he must be one smart guy because I think that any astrophysicist, anybody that gets into that kind of program, boy, you've got to be super smart to do it. I bet he loves his work. Oh, he does indeed. And, uh, you know, he loves uh, what they've accomplished. And I think he shares your excitement about what's happening and, and what can happen in terms of research in outer space. Do you know that 65% of Americans think that there's intelligent life on other planets? Do you? I do too. I'm not sure it looks like humanoids, but I, you know, my guess is there probably is some sort of a, you know, and what did I read? There's like thousands and thousands of other planets that at least based on their environment and uh, their distance from the, you know, the energy source in, the, in their solar system, apparently there's dozens and thousands of planets that actually could sustain life if it were to develop there. Oh, I, how could it not? Now, they may, like you said, they may not be humanoid. They may, they don't, I think it's presumptuous to think that they're going to look like us. Right. But it could be some form of intelligent life. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Isn't that just so fascinating? I, I'm, I, you know, I find two things really interesting. I love space exploration. You know, I I would love to go and look at one of those big, massive telescopes that can look really far out. I think that's really cool. And I love the idea of going deep in the ocean. Yep. Two areas. I mean, we've been to the moon more than we've been to the bottom of our planet. We know so little about our oceans. You know, it is a, the last frontier. Space, is, of course, is the last frontier, but it's certainly close to the top of the list in terms of understanding what you know, our ecosystem and understanding uh, the the environment here on Earth. I mean, oceans take up, what, 75 or 80% of the entire planet. Right. And we haven't been down to that, what is that, that Mariana Trench? Mm-hmm. I think we've only been down to the, I don't know, maybe we've been down to the bottom of it once, but it's very, it's a hostile environment, you know, the pounds of pressure per square inch are... Uh, no, it's it's just fascinating. And uh, do you believe in global warming? Well, I, I believe the global, the rising of the oceans, those types of things are a considerable problem. We should be looking at it and looking at scientific evidence. I don't believe in carbon-based, the whole notion that human activity and carbon-based energy is a, a source of global warming. That, to me, I think is unproven, unsubstantiated. What do you think? Well, I agree. I, I agree with you. But holy cow, I mean, the whole world right now is hot. I mean, the temperatures over in London, some parts of England are hotter than they are in the Sahara Desert. I mean, how crazy is that? And much of many of the buildings in Europe don't have air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a real it's a real problem. Although those are that's that's uh, weather. That's not necessarily uh, the climate. In other words, uh, I was in Washington, D.C. one weekend where the temperature was 117 degrees in Washington, D.C. That's just unconscionable. Now, what's happened since then? Well, of course, it's gone back to normal in so many ways. We have the problem with, uh, for example, in the... Uh, uh, in the uh, Syria, in the where am I trying to think of so the uh, Russian frontier? What is it called? Serbia? No, it's uh, anyhow where the the frozen tundra up there is. Apparently, they were concerned about it. Oh, it melting. Yeah. So, so but oh the, shoot, I can't think of the name either. It's, it's yeah, Siberia. Siberia, yeah. So, isn't it amazing? At my age, I sometimes just words just <laughs> don't come to me. But the point is that uh, I, I think these are more 
the, the fact of the matter is that we're in a period of uh, potentially global cooling. And in fact, uh, one theory is that in a 10,000 years, we'll probably have a sheet of ice over the globe six miles high. So we could be entering into a period of global cooling. Well, we'll see. Either that or an asteroid will hit us. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope that these guys develop a system to throw to. Uh, how many years has it been since an asteroid's hit the United States or hit the the globe? I don't, I mean, whenever they were done, I don't know, 7,000 years ago, 10,000. I think we're coming up on the big number, though. Uh-oh. Well, that's Enough all. Enough that they're going to send out this, this uh whatever it is. Yeah, well, we better stock up test on freeze-dried... Redirection. <laughs> yeah. It's the asteroid redirection test. All I right. I hope it works. I hope it works, too. We always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Asit Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, the limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. 
We exist to reduce society's scope and sphere of influence of government, and D.C. does not. No, it's not. Uh, there's a lot of pushback on the mission, but keep, uh, keep up the good work. Hey, you wrote a great piece. It's, what rulings? Dems are yet again ignoring the court and the Constitution. Boy, that's so true. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago I wrote about, I, 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 this is, the full cynic in me is very disappointed in me. I got momentarily excited by a couple of court rulings, Supreme Court rulings. Um, the Dobbs ruling on abortion and the uh, West Virginia EPA ruling on bureaucracies. And basically, the, the, the point of the two of the rule two rulings from the, the majorities were: stay in your lane, judges stop writing law, yep. bureaucrats stop writing law, and, and the bureaucrat thing was especially detailed. They talked about major questions being answered by uh, express congressional intent, right? Meaning the law, which is what it's supposed to be all along, but this is the court, you know, readjusting DC, adjusting DC back to where. It's supposed to be, which is if the legislation passed by our elected officials doesn't expressly tell a bureaucracy to do something, the bureaucracy can't do that. Right. And that that's what the EPA ruling was about. And it, it applied to way more than the EPA. It was a broad broadside against all of the bureaucracy. You can't do something until Congress writes a So among so many issues that that uh, you know, addresses is, is – um, Net neutrality. We talked about net neutrality for a decade plus now. Well, it, Congress has never passed a law that contains either the phrase or the concept of net neutrality. Right. It's never happened. So these multiple jammings through by the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, are precisely what the Supreme Court said you can't do. You can't do that. Um, but now we see, you know, two weeks later, we see. You know, Joe Biden comes out <laughs> after a ruling where it says the executive branch can't do anything without preceding congressional action, and his response is, I'm going to take executive action. Well, you know, that that's what he does, and uh, he doesn't seem to be restrained at all by the Constitution or just about anything else. Fortunately, though, it, it takes time, but in the lower courts, we're beginning to see some of these things uh, slapped down that he's trying to do that aren't constitutional. Well, uh, and again, you know, the lower courts have to defer to the Supreme Court, and this is a major realignment, I guess, back to constitutional principles yep. to which lower courts are going to hopefully adhere. But now again, here we are again, we're hoping that they're going to adhere to the Supreme Court because that's what they're supposed to do, but they don't, yeah. uh, just like the bureaucracy stuff. There was one article I cited in my piece where agencies all over D.C. are planning their next moves, their next plans of attack to get around, to end run the Supreme Court ruling that says they can't do what they want to do. See, some of those some of those methods are pretty nefarious, like uh, getting a, a, a friendly source to sue and <laughs> settling out of court. In other words, to... Oh, the EPA is, perhaps the worst is the EPA, yeah. the Environmental Protection Agency. They work hand in glove with all these leftist organizations, these environmental organizations, and they it's sue and settle, right? Because it's not their money; it's our money, right? When they when when, when someone sues the federal government and settles, it's our money that gets paid in the settlement, right? And so these left wing groups sue the, the federal government. Oh, in the name of ending protracted litigation, we're going to settle this case. 
what they're doing is they're paying their friends our money. That's exactly right. So, Sid, I mean, do I recall that the FCC still has a vacant chair, the chairman's chair of... Uh... That, the only reason we haven't had net neutrality again under Biden is because there, there are five commissioner spots, voting commissioner spots at the FCC, one of whom also serves as chairman. Yeah. Well, it's been two... It's three of the president's party, two of the opposition party. So, of course, a full component will be three to two Republic, or Democrat, uh, under Biden, well, it's been 2-2 since Biden was sworn in. He nominated a total radical by the name of Gigi Son. Very nice woman. I know her. She's been on two panels I put together in D.C. to discuss these issues uh, in debate form, because I thought debate form would be a lot more interesting than seven people, all of whom agree with one another. That right. always seemed boring to me. Um, so I put together debates. But anyway, very nice person. Total, complete radical policy-wise. And, and he nominated her to be the fifth seat to, to break the tie. And she's so awful, even the Republicans have found defense with her in the Senate. And, and she's gone nowhere. She's still languishing in, you know, nomination uh, limbo, purgatory. And therefore, the, the, the commission is stuck at 2-2. Now, a lot of the stuff they do is nonpartisan and, and gets done. You know, a lot a lot of these votes are four nil or, right. or five nil. Right. I mean, it's, it's just policy stuff on spectrum issues. You know, wireless spectrum, that kind of thing, which is completely unpartisan. The only thing impeded from the work of the FCC is what's not supposed to be the work of the FCC, which is part of hyperpartisan stuff that requires a three to two vote to jam through. That's the only thing that's being blocked at the FCC currently. Wow. So uh, how's this uh, how's this going to end up? Do you think with net neutrality? Oh, they'll jam it through again. I mean, you already have multiple people saying, "Well, I've taken a look at the Supreme Court's EPA ruling. I don't I don't think it applies to the FCC and net neutrality." <laughs> it's just like you freaking hack, you freaking hack. Um, it quite clearly does. I mean. A, a plain text reading of the of the of the ruling clearly demonstrates that one, it tells the EPA to stay in its lane, and two, it doesn't apply to just the EPA. They expanded it to everybody. Yeah. And 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 these hacks come out. Oh, I don't I don't think this applies to the Federal Communications Commission and that neutrality. Well, you're a liar. Or you're an idiot. Want to take your pick. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. You could be both. Let's not rule out both. <laughs> Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to go to Less Government. Read the column. It's a really interesting. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely well-informed of what's happening around the globe and here locally, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. 
Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratisfell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely exquisite. Also, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now and find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.com. We have with us Linda Harden. She's not only my wife, my beautiful wife, she's also extremely well-informed in what's happening around the globe and here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's hot out. Oh, I potted up the wrong... (laughs) Say that again. Good morning. It's hot out. (laughs) (laughs) It is indeed. So... uh, can you believe Deborah Burks apparently has published a book? I don't know. It's kind of autobiographical, I guess. But It's kind of true confessions. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, she's given a lot of information to indict her. For <laughs> In case anybody has forgotten who Dr. Deborah Burks is, she's the scarf lady who was on Trump's advisory committee for the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know much about her, but apparently... Well, she lies, she, A. Yeah. Tell, for our listeners that may not be uh, aware of some of the things that she disclosed in her book, maybe you could tell us. Well, first of all, before she even wrote her book, when she was part of that whole lockdown, um, telling everybody to go uh, lockdown in your houses with your masks on and get vaccinated, she was out gallivanting around with her family and and didn't pay any attention to the rules that she was trying to impose on everybody else. That was way back before this book was ever written. Um, but now that this book is written, it's it. I I cannot believe it is beyond comprehension to me. Although in this day and age where the media is so one sided yeah. that they're not covering it, but she actually said that uh, she lied and hid things in order to to make uh her point that that this country should be locked down yeah she didn't base it on any statistics that were here she based it on other countries that were worse off it's just astounding well you know i i read uh, an excerpt uh that was presented uh, and apparently she said you know we would 
uh, go through and create papers to be approved by the administration. They would redline the papers and send them back to us. And we didn't change anything. We just reordered uh, the, the stuff and changed it around in different priorities. And the information was exactly the same, and then they went ahead and used it. So you know, she's actually bragging about the fact that she was using deception, not true science, in order to deal with public health issues. Let me ask you a really important question right okay. now. Okay. Why isn't CNN at her back door and the SWAT team in, in body <laughs> armor coming after her oh. like they did to Roger Stone, who didn't even do anything close to what she did? Yeah, I know. It's just unbelievable. The uh, two-tiered justice system is just unbelievable. Oh, and, and speaking, speaking of the two-tiered justice system, another glaring example is because we've got people from January 6th wasting away in D.C. prisons, and yet... The um, the people who worked for the Colbert show, yeah, who who violated, uh, who was who were arrested by Capitol Police, yeah, their charges they 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 won't prosecute them. They were arrested and charged with being in the Capitol after being warned not to go in. Yet those charges are being dropped. Wake up, people. Well, and not only that, now. Uh Steve Bannon is has, is going to a second day in court. You now they've they've selected the jury, and he's being charged with uh, contempt not, of Congress. Contempt of Congress. What a joke! I mean, to me, you think about all the things. In fact, uh, if I my memory serves me correctly, the AG for Obama, what was his name? Eric Holder. Eric Eric Holder was found uh, uh, guilty of. Uh, contempt for Congress, and never, never that he wasn't tried. Nothing. No ha- one batted an eye. No one batted an eye. But Steve Bannon, uh, he he's going. He's in court right now. It's just, uh, it's you know, we uh, it's uh, fortunate. We just talked in the previous section uh, segment about going back to the Constitution, the EPA ruling, uh, the Roe v. Wade. Oh, these types of decisions are basically getting us back to our constitutional republic. But then these types of things that are happening in our judicial system just makes you scratch your head and say, why is everything so politicized? Well, this was all the big plan, you see, because because they stole the election. Yeah. And as a result, they weaponized, they put all their people in the Justice Department and the FBI, um, DOJ, uh, everything's weaponized, which is exactly what they want. Look at what's happening to Nancy Pelosi's husband um, with this supposed insider trading. What about his DUI? Everything is, there. everybody is sought, um, tippy-toed through, um, delayed. Uh, it, it's just uh, so incredibly amazing. If it, any of that stuff had happened to a Republican, even even if there was a hint of malfeasance, or, they would be they would be in an orange jumpsuit immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of interesting to me when you take a look at what's happening around the globe in the Netherlands, in Sri Lanka, in uh, uh, Great Britain, you know, the revolts, all the things that are happening right now, it just indicate to people just aren't buying in this global agenda, uh, Agenda 21, I think it was called back in the day. But uh, this global warming thing, I think people are beginning to shake their heads and say, I'm not sure we want to participate I, in this. They're not only doing that, they're protesting. And here's another interesting thing about the, about the, the media that is so corrupt. We've had the Prime Minister of Italy step down, Sri Lanka has totally um, broken down. Yeah. Uh, their government is totally broken down. Their president was run out of the country. Yeah. Estonia, the uh, prime minister of Estonia, has has stepped down. 
And there is, they, I have not seen one news article on TV or anywhere else about any of that. How interesting is that? Oh, by the way, guess who else are in the, uh, the streets protesting like crazy against what's going on there? People in Cuba. They're, they're protesting right. in the streets. That's and, right. And, and let's just bring up another thing. Our, our, um, uh, we talked about this over the weekend. There was a, a Ukrainian uh, uh, cargo plane that qu- crashed in Greece um, with, that was carrying NATO arms from Serbia. 11 tons. Yeah. And you know, people aren't raising questions like, huh. To me, follow the money. To me, here's what I believe. My nerve, and again, I don't have proof of this, but uh, I think uh, Occam's razor basically says the easiest explanation is typically the right explanation. And so my explanation would be this, somehow, some way, that uh, the Ukrainians are receiving all these arms and uh, armaments from from Great Britain, from, from the United us. States, from the United States, and other places. Forty billion dollars. And, and, and they've created a black market, and they're selling this stuff off to places like Pakistan and other countries around the around the globe. Well, the, the, according to the the one report that I saw, which was on the Daily Mail, that they were these arms were being being uh, shipped to Bangladesh. Well, isn't it interesting? Let me see. If you go on a map and you see where Ukraine is and you see where Serbia is, Serbia has planes. Yeah, but here my my explanation would be this, is that uh, to make it not look so obvious, uh, the... Uh, Ukrainians basically have a broker, and I would exactly. I would suggest that perhaps Serbia was the broker exactly. in the deal. So, and, and oh, by the way, it was totally denied. It was totally denied. Yeah, Papa, that that all this stuff was going to Jordan in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean these the media and and the current administration, illegi- illegitimate uh, administration, thinks we're stupid. And can I just before we wrap up, let me just. Talk about Gavin Newsom because it was just he was just on the news. He's he's talking to donors about his run, run for um, uh, governor. No, for president in twenty twenty four, and 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 so is J B Prishker in in Illinois, the governor of Illinois. And yet this guy is is sending ads to Florida. What a free state California <laughs> is. Yeah, we're living in a tyranny here. <laughs> we're living in a clown world. And 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 now they're starting to put mask mandates in San Diego. Yeah. In Los Angeles, and he says we live in the free state. We've got the best of all possible. Not scenarios. only that, they're putting they're pu- planning to put Planned Parenthood uh, locations on school campuses, public school campuses. Just you can't make this stuff. They up. think they think we're stupid, yeah. and that we'll just we're like Pavlov's dog. If we if the, and, and just circling back to Deborah Burks for a second what, what, about what she tried to do. She was trying to do what all these other left-wing politicians are doing: make everybody used to this crap, yep. and then we won't be so so surprised when they they usher in all these uh, lockdowns and restrictions again. Linda, I just so much appreciate your passion around these oh, issues. <laughs> thank you, crazy. thank you so much for joining us You're here welcome. on the show. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, on tomorrow, we're going to give a visit with Scott Bear. He's the CEO of the Community Pregnancy Clinics. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. He'll be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends how to, how to find it and uh, to listen to it. Uh, our advertisers would appreciate that, and we really appreciate their support for what they do to support our show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.